You send your weekly emails. Rain or shine, you show up, and it seems like your subscribers are excited to hear from you. Engagement looks good after all. But when you go to sell to your engaged email list, it's like crickets. And you're left thinking, um, excuse me, but I thought we had a good thing going on. Has this ever happened to you? Yeah, unfortunately, it happens. And to put it lightly, it's frustrating. It leaves you wondering where it all went wrong. In today's episode, I'm taking you through some copywriting tips and suggestions that will keep your subscriber engaged, whether you're sending a nurture email or you're selling. I've got a few tips and tricks up my sleeve that I know will work like a charm. So are you ready to convert your subscribers into paying customers and clients? If you said yes, then listen on, because that's exactly the knowledge you're going to walk away with from today's episode. I'm Amy Porterfield, and this is Online Marketing Made Easy. I've been getting a question a lot lately. So naturally, we're going to talk about it on the podcast. So the question looks something like this. I've been consistently emailing my list non-sales type emails, so like nurture emails, and have pretty decent engagement. But when I go to sell, no one bites and I don't have any sales. How do I take my engaged email subscribers and turn them into paying customers? I love this question. And I know where a lot of my listeners are. A lot of you are one-on-one coaches or consultants, or you have some kind of service-based business. So you often are selling open spots through email, and that's an important part of how you make money. So this episode is for you. We're going to talk about copywriting tips that you want to be sure of when you're selling through email. How I'm going to break this down is by first talking a bit about the type of email campaign that you'll want to send out when you're selling. Next, we're going to get into seven copywriting tips you'll want to include in every sales email you send. To really put this into action and use the tips I'm sharing to actually boost your conversions, you'll want to commit some time to putting pen to paper and answering some journal prompts. Stick with me. It's not as hard as you think. This is really important. To help you do this, I've created a free checklist for you to download so that when it comes to writing your sales emails, you'll go through it and make sure you've included each in your email. You can head to the show notes to snag that free resource. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 387. For now, let's get into these tips so that you can start turning your email subscribers into one-on-one customers. Here we go. When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. 
Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. Now, I know you're getting antsy to dive into the tips, but before we do, let's get clear on how your sales email sequence should play out. Just to remind you, this episode is truly intended for those one-on-one coaches and consultants or anyone with a service-based business. However, if that's not you, you will still get a ton of value from this episode because these tips can absolutely be used in any kind of sales emails, whether that's for a digital course, an evergreen offer, or whatever other type of sales email you might want to send out in your business. In fact, I've used some of these tips for selling both Digital Course Academy and List Builder Society. But for the sake of this episode, I'll be speaking in terms of selling a service-based offer. Okay, so for starters, you've been emailing your list each week with your weekly content, right? And actually, I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here just for a second, but it's important, so stay with me. If you're not emailing your list every week, or maybe you're not as consistent as you would like, and you're struggling to grow your email list, just know that I do have a free resource to support you with that. It's a free list building masterclass that will help you finally hit that 250 subscriber mark, which is like the number one milestone I have all my students focus on. And then the next milestone, 500. And then the next milestone, over a thousand subscribers. So if you are looking to grow your email list, I really want you to check out this free resource and just imagine how many more takers you'd have for your offer that we're going to talk about today if you have a bigger email list. I mean, so many, right? So if you're wanting to build that list, which goes hand in hand with what we're talking about in this episode, go to amyporterfield.com forward slash email success. So amyporterfield.com forward slash email success, or just go to the show notes and I'll link you to the free masterclass that I definitely think you'll find great value in. Okay, so back to selling your offer via email. If you haven't been emailing your subscribers weekly, you know what I'm going to say. You must do this. This is an essential part of nurturing your email list so that they, you guessed it, eventually become paying customers. So let's just say you've been sending these weekly emails for a few months now and you're ready to sell something. Maybe you have a one-on-one or a group coaching opportunity that you're going to open up. Maybe you have a free spot within your service-based business. You're a web designer and you're ready to take on a new project. Or maybe you're just ready to grow, expand, and take on more customers. Great. Time to do a mini sales campaign. Here's what I mean by that. If you're selling something, you're not going to just add it to your weekly email and hope your subscribers notice. It's not like a, hey, P.S., a spot just opened up. If you're wanting to become a client, click here. No, no, no we ain't going to do that. You need to do a short email campaign that specifically is devoted to fill that one spot or maybe multiple spots and highlights what you're offering. 
why they need it, and how to sign up for it. So maybe you want to think about doing a one-week special promo where you're sending multiple emails within that one week. Again, this is not part of your normal weekly email that you typically send. In fact, sometimes we don't even send the weekly podcast email during a promo week, and instead we use that time slot to send a promo email. So how many emails you send and how often is up to you. It all depends on your business and your offer and the size of your list and other factors like that. But just know that you can do multiple emails during this promo week. In fact, that's what I want you to do. And if you do it right, which we're going to talk about today, you won't be annoying your subscribers with additional emails, which I know some of you worry about when you're mailing multiple times during a week. But instead, if you do this right, you will be building excitement and curiosity about your opportunity. The multiple emails in one week is necessary to do this. So I want you to take some time to get clear on what your mini campaign is going to look like. Map it out on a calendar. Choose the week you're going to promote. I suggest three to five emails over six or seven days. I mean, ideally, I'd like you to send five emails over seven days, but I know some of you are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So shoot for at least three, maybe four. Okay, now for the juicy stuff. Let's get into those copywriting tips that you'll want to stick to when writing your emails for your sales promo. Number one, let's talk about pain points and or desires. That's right. It all comes down to what your audience's pain points are or what desires or wants and needs that they have as well. So let's take those pain points, for example. If your subscribers are saying, this is exactly what I'm struggling with, then ding, 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 you hit the jackpot. So how do you get inside of their head? Simple. Shh. Do you hear that? It's you listening. And not talking. This is important. You've got to listen more than you talk in order to understand what your audience really needs and wants. And more importantly, you listen with intent to really pay attention to the words that they are using when they talk about their pains and struggles and desires. So where do you listen? Hopefully you've done a call with some of your ideal community members. This is something I have all my DCA and List Builder Society students do. You can learn more about the strategy in episode 280, how to do a course call to validate your digital course idea. Now, obviously that podcast episode is focused on a digital course, but it's also very valuable for just finding out more about your audience members, whether you have a one-on-one offer, a course offer, or if you're just posting on social media and you want to know what to post. So I'm all about the course call. So episode 280, and after this episode, head back, check out that episode, and just get more guidance on conducting a call with a few of your ideal audience members so you could really hear from their own words what they need and want most. So within that call, again, you are listening. What are they saying? Where are they getting stuck? Where are they struggling? What do they need, want, and desire? And also maybe what are they not saying? What are some things that they kind of struggle to communicate to you? And maybe you can ask some more questions to really pull it out of them. Another way you can do this without getting on a call 
although those calls will be like one of the most valuable things you do in your business. But another additional thing you can do is read through the comments on your social media posts, like your blog posts, your podcast reviews, or even any email replies you get from subscribers. Oh, and don't forget about customer service emails too. Just as with any replies, these emails are an incredible way to not only hear about pain points, but also how to get language to show ways in which you can solve their problems. And also, if you're just getting started, you don't have a lot of comments in your social media, check out a competitor. See what people are talking about in their comments. Someone that does something similar to what you do, what is their audience talking about? You got to start somewhere. So if you don't have a lot to pull from yet, then start looking around a little bit and paying attention. So, I will say this takes everything to the next level because you have direct access to the voice of your potential customer. Again, you want to be listening. What are they saying? And if you have any team members, ask them what they're hearing as well. I am constantly asking our community managers, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? What do you feel is the vibe? What's going on? What's coming up a lot? So if you have a virtual assistant, a project manager, even a contractor that works in your company and is forward facing with customers, ask them what they're seeing. So the question is, what do you or someone on your team keep hearing over and over again? Take note of these because these are the things you want to highlight and use throughout your sales copy when you're writing emails. Okay, number two, are you ready for an exact sentence that you can use in your emails? Here it goes. Quote, I know you're thinking, and then fill in the blank, end quote. (laughs) I know you're thinking, and then you'll insert those pain points or desires that you discovered in our last tip. So when you do the legwork, writing these out should be easy for you. You'll literally take what you've learned from your calls or listening and reading through comments and replies and insert them into the sentence. So let me give you an example. Let's keep it close to home and say that you're a list building consultant. Maybe you offer one-on-one coaching to help your customers grow their email list. You've learned through your research that many of your clients are afraid that they have to invest tons of money into fancy software programs for housing their email list. They worry that they have to hire an expensive graphic designer to create their lead magnet. Heck, even more so, maybe they need to get clear on what their lead magnet will be. And don't even get them started on the fear of how much money they need to invest in Facebook ads. And guess what? You have solutions or tips for bypassing all of these pain points. Awesome. So here's what you could write in your email to leave them saying, that's exactly what I'm struggling with. So you'd write, I know you're thinking dot, dot, dot. And then I personally like to put these in bullet points so they really stand out. So these would all be bullet points, something like, I know you're thinking, first bullet point, that you'll need to invest hundreds or thousands of dollars in advanced systems and software and hire a pricey graphic designer to make your lead magnet look enticing. And you still might be confused about what type of lead magnet to create. I know it can be frustrating. Or you might be thinking that you need to pay Mark Zuckerberg's bottom line by pouring thousands into Facebook ads. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? 
LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you wanna make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I wanna talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. So see how you're hitting right on those pain points and calling them out? Remember, you have the solution for these pain points. So make it very clear that you totally 100% understand what they are dealing with. The more you get them, the more they trust you because they know you have the capacity to help them. And guess what? You do have the solution to make their lives easier. And you do not want to ever hold back when you know you can help somebody. That's why sending more emails than you're comfortable with in the beginning is important for you to at least experiment with because you do have a solution you can help your audience. And sometimes it's gonna take more than one or two emails for them to pay attention. Number three, let's take a journey back to where you were before you figured out the solution that you're now an expert in or where you were before overcoming the challenge or reaching for that desire. Now, imagine what you would say to yourself back then. What would old you need to hear, know, or understand to cross that bridge and become one of your paying customers? Because it's often that we take for granted what we know now that is the stuff that will really wow someone just starting out. And yes, this part here, if you grab a journal, pen, and a timer, 
and actually spend some time thinking about this, you can go far with this one. But if you don't have the time to do that, just do it later. And you can also grab the free resource in the show notes so that you can sit down later and revisit this strategy because I outline it in the free resource. So just go to the show notes, grab the resource, and I'll walk you through this. What I want you to do, though, is set your alarm for 10 minutes, grab a pen and piece of paper, and just start writing. What would you say to yourself if you were in their shoes? And like I said, many of us were in our audience's situation not that long ago. So what would you say to your younger self before you got your transformation? I mean, I think about this all the time. I literally was my student. I created my business because I struggled with growing my email list and I had no clue how to create a digital course and I sure as heck didn't know how to launch it. And now I teach all of that because I wish I knew this stuff before. So I can sit down and I've done this before and I thought, okay, well, where was I struggling? My biggest thing was I kept thinking, who am I to be doing this? Sadly, I kept thinking my old coworkers at my corporate job are going to laugh at me. They're going to be like, what is Amy doing? Like, she doesn't know this stuff, even though I did know that stuff and I did study it and I did apply it. They didn't know that. I worried so much what other people would think when I was first going out on my own. So I tell you this because when you start writing, think of the strategies you wish you knew, but also think of the mindset stuff. So it's a mix of mindset and tactics and strategies that I want you to journal about. What do you wish you knew back then? Because I think they're both equally important. Let me give you an example. If I were to do this exercise and I was writing about like, what would I say to my younger self who was struggling to grow her email list, which I was for two years, I would say, make it a priority starting now. And when you do make it a priority right now, Everything in your business that you want to do moving forward will become so much easier. So it's worth putting your energy here. It's more important than all those shiny objects that you're chasing. I know those things make you feel like you're getting momentum or your ego kind of gets the best of you. You want to be featured here or you want to go to this conference or that conference. If you just slow down a minute and set your list building foundation Everything you do will become easier because you have an audience. I would say to myself, stay laser focused. Put your blinders on. Don't look at what everyone else is doing. Stay in your lane. Get it done. And then I would also say to myself, get really clear on who your audience is. Like spend some time with them. Pay more attention. Stop talking so much. Just listen more. And then I would also tell myself, create an amazing lead magnet. Like take the time to get a great lead magnet out there and then start practicing on how you can talk about it. Like start just every day talking about this lead magnet to people in person, to people online, like make an effort. And the last thing I'd say, gosh, I could go on and on. I would tell my younger self, become a student of copywriting, like learn some copywriting tips and strategies so you know how to speak to your audience. I think we all should become a student of copywriting, which is why I wanted to share some copywriting tips that I've learned along the way with you today, because I think that's something I would also tell my younger self. Okay, so those are all the things. Now it's your turn. Grab that timer, 10 minutes, pen and paper. And if you want, go grab the free resource to guide you through this. But I want you to start writing about this because if you can get in their shoes, I'm telling you, you could literally just pierce their heart, like in the best way, I mean. They will trust you and they will know you understand them and that you are there to help them. 
So we've done a lot of work up until this point, and for good reason. All that work is going to pay off big time when you actually start writing those sales emails for your mini campaign. So for number four, you're going to highlight, like choose or identify the exact words that you want to use within your email text. And where are those words going to come from? From the mouths of your ideal audience members, your ideal customers. So what exact words did you hear when you did your calls or when you were reading those social media comments and posts or the email replies or people writing into your customer support? What words were they using to describe their pain points or desires? And I am talking about the exact words, the exact words. And that's what you want to include in your emails. So this is an important piece of the sales puzzle because if you're using words that your audience members don't use, they won't resonate with your copy. They won't realize that what you're offering is for them and they won't see you as the solution. And you're the one who can help them get what they want or need or desire. So for example, my audience would respond better to the words course creator over digital marketer. I would never call you a digital marketer. But if you're a digital course creator, I will definitely call you a course creator or a soon-to-be course creator. Here's another thing. I was talking to one of my star students, Karita. Hey, friend, if you're listening. And Karita, you might not know this, but you gave us like the best tip that we talk about all the time. So Karita Walker is one of my students and she did a diversity, equity, and inclusivity training for my team about a year ago. And the training was absolutely phenomenal. But we were talking at the end, just casually talking about certain things. And she happened to say, you know, in a lot of your copy, you talk about leaving the cubicle or leaving corporate. And she said, some of us don't resonate with that. We aren't in corporate. We don't work in a cubicle, but we have a nine to five job. It just doesn't look like corporate or cubicle. So when you say those exact words all the time, I feel like you're really not including so many other people in your community that want to leave behind something in order to create an online business like you teach. And when she said that, it was like, whoa, so much clarity that we are using words that it's narrowing our audience in a way that we don't want to do so. So we started to say, if you want to leave behind a nine to five job, we started to say that more than leave behind your corporate job. Because I can think of a lot of my students who they didn't leave corporate, but they did leave behind some kind of job when they started to make money with their digital courses. So it's those kind of things. And I would have never even known that if my student didn't share that with me, if I didn't get quiet for a moment and let her talk. So those kind of things are important. Also, like, let me give you a totally wildly different example. Maybe you're a dog trainer for small breed dogs. And if you happen to be talking about Great Danes in your emails, your audience might not realize that you're literally talking to them about their small dog. Like, you have to be careful about what you say, because here's the point of what I'm trying to say. People are always looking to find the reason why they're not a good fit. Oh, I I knew it. I knew I wasn't right for her. I can't spend that money because I'm not a good fit for her. They're actually looking for the reasons why they shouldn't buy versus going through all the reasons why they should. Even if they want to buy, 
they're they're fearful. This is like if you're selling a digital course or a coaching program, even people are fearful to take that leap with you if they've never worked with you. It's a lot of money. It's a big investment. So more often than not, people are trying to find reasons why they don't fit. So the minute you say something that doesn't resonate with them, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not a good fit. That could happen. So that's why this is so important. Remember that in your email, you're helping them understand that you have what they need. Your one-on-one service, your consulting or your offer is exactly what they need to get past being stuck wherever they are. In fact, one of our copywriters says to aim for 70% of your email to sound like you and 30% should sound like your customer so you can keep them in the back of your mind. I thought that was really interesting. I never heard that before. It's something to consider. We have a great copywriter who does this. 70% of the email sounds like my personality, how I would just talk to you right now. But 30% of that email should sound just like what's in your customer's head. And that's when it comes down to using the words that they're actually using. So here's what I want you to do. Write down a list of all the things you hear your audience say over and over again. Like anytime it comes to mind, open the notes app in your phone, have a folder for just like what my customers say and type it in there. And if you're struggling, go back and read through maybe some course call interviews you've done, or if you haven't done those comments in your audience, but I guarantee over time, you'll see a pattern. Make this a practice to do forever now. Anytime you see something being said over and over again, write it down. It's going to be so helpful. Okay, number five, hit them right in the heart with your opener. Now, I know I say the word open very weird. My mouth does not allow me to say that word correctly ever since I was born. So now you maybe didn't even notice. Now I just called on myself. But the word open, open, I don't know how you guys say it. It's a very... (laughs) word for me. But what I'm saying is, again, hit them right in the heart with your opener. Don't waste time. Get to the main point right away. So here's an example of what I mean. Let's say you're a matchmaker and you work one-on-one with clients to find their perfect match. So maybe you open up your email like this. Okay. This is the actual email. Here we go. Do you have someone special? Cringe. Not sure about you. But getting that question used to make me shudder. So that's how you open up the email. And then you go into how you used to be there, but have found your perfect partner and you have the step-by-step for them to do the same. So opening up with something that people are like, ugh, or like, yes, or, oh my gosh, how did you know? Those are all good things that you want people to say. Let's go back and dissect that opener though. If this was you, Maybe you know and recall from your single days how often you got asked about having a significant other. Are you married? Do you have a boyfriend? That kind of thing. And you have to remember how that made you feel. You've probably heard your ideal audience members say something similar. So not only are you using their words and opening your email with something that makes them say, that's exactly what I hate to hear. It also piques their curiosity because You basically are saying, I get you. And you're saying that question used to make me shudder, meaning, oh, you might know something they don't. So now they want to know more and it creates that perfect transition while keeping them engaged for you to share how you help them find their perfect partner too, just like you did. 
Another example might be that you're a weight loss coach who focuses on mindset and intuitive eating through one-on-one or group coaching. So maybe you open up with something like this. 65. That is the exact number of diets I've tried since the age of 15. Can you relate? It took 65 diets to realize that I don't need a diet. Gasp. That's right, dear reader. I've thrown dieting out the window or something like that. You get the picture, but opening up with something that hits on all of those points is extremely effective when you're selling your offer through your email. Number six, it's not about you, it's about them. What I mean is that you want to make this email all about them, the reader, your subscriber. So in a sales email, it's not the time to talk all about you and your trip to Europe, unless for some reason that story totally resonates with what you're selling. Typically, when you get into a lot of things about you, That is a really great way to share more about you through like nurture emails and weekly content and stuff like that. So within these sales emails, I want you to make it more about your ideal customer and their wants and their needs and how what you have to offer in your service-based business or coaching or consulting will serve them and how it will get them the results that they've been searching for. Now, You can also tell stories of other people that you've served. So case studies, that's always good as well. But a case study is to inspire those that you are selling to. And so it all comes back to the reader. And I just want you to remember that it really, truly is about them, what they need, what they're struggling with, and the results that you're promising. So I want you to get really clear. How will what you're selling them solve their problem? hit hard on that. Use all the research you've done to answer the number one question that your subscriber is wondering. What's in it for me? So be mindful of that. And again, a story here and there is okay in your mini campaign because there's no question about it. Stories do sell. Just make sure it always ties back to how you're going to help them and how what you're offering is exactly what they need. That's basically my point here. So for example, Let's go back to that matchmaker. If you're a matchmaker, you can tell a story about how you found true love using the method that you're going to help them find true love. So when you tell your story, as long as your story proves that what you're going to teach them works, then that's awesome because that will equate into more sales. Okay, number seven, be specific and clear. Once the time has come in your email to invite them to purchase or get them on a call to discuss if it's the right fit for them, whatever the next step is, leave no room for question. You want to keep them moving without thinking about what they have to do next. Your emails, when broken down, should simply be, this is what I've got, this is how it can help you, and this is what you need to know to move forward. So calls to action or CTAs should tell the reader, here's what to do next. And if you're multitasking right now, come back to me because this is important. When you're writing your call to actions for your mini promo, there is no time to be ambiguous. The clearer, the better. So for example, what I would consider a weak call to action would be, all right, it's time to take action. Let's do this. That is not direct enough, 
And they have to think about, okay, so what is this? What am I supposed to be doing? Versus a really strong call to action would be click here to grab your coaching spot with me now, or click here to schedule a call with me to find out if this is right for you. So keep it simple and let them know the exact steps you want them to follow. Give them direction. They want it. They want to be told what to do. If they're interested, they're like, what do I do? Tell me now. So making a simple tweak that tells them what to do can be a powerful way of converting a subscriber into a customer. So you can make simple tweaks to a call to action that you have that might be weak by saying something like click here or follow this link or head here to XYZ. Clear calls to action improve click-through rates without a doubt. Now, you may be wondering, what is a good click-through rate or a CTR? Well, it depends on your industry, and my industry average is about 2.6% right now. So to find the click-through rate for your industry, do a Google search and see what might come up for that. Also, make sure that the CTA, call to action, is on its own line in the email. This is another hot tip from our copywriter. So I like to bold it, but it has to be on its own line. Don't bury your call to action in a paragraph. So make it its own line and it should be in there a few times, not just once. Okay, we're gonna wrap this up. But before I do, I wanna touch on a few things you might be doing right now that could be hindering your sales. So You know how we talked about that you send an email once a week to nurture your audience with your original content. That's something you're just doing regularly. Make sure that when you write these sales emails, they feel different than your nurture emails. You're not just going to tell a story about yourself and then in the PS, tell people you've got an open spot for coaching or anything like that. You have to be really deliberate. And what's important is, remember I said I want you to write at least four emails, maybe five over a one-week period? Well, I want you to sit down and write some notes about what you're going to put in each of those emails, because you might tell a story here, give a case study there, maybe give some tips here that lead into your call to action, but map it out before you actually write all the emails so you can see the flow of those emails and they will feel different than your just weekly nurture email of your original content, like your podcast email or something like that. So if you pay attention to the emails I send, my promo emails definitely feel meatier than, let's say, a weekly podcast email. And my energy might even be a little bit up and I might have a little bit of a different tone, but I want them to stand out because I don't send a lot of promo emails. So when I do, I don't want you to miss them. So just know that there could be a little bit of a different energy, a little bit of a different vibe in those, let's say, five emails you send out over a week. Also, make sure you're making it about them, not about you. And if you tell a story about yourself, always bring it back to that pain point or desire that they want. You're making it about them. And remember, you've got to use their exact words so that you are instantly relating to them. Like they trust you. They know that you are the person that gets them. Use the words that they use and pay attention to that opening line. You want to make sure that right away they're like, oh, holy cow, this girl gets me or she just read my mind. So more so than any emails you send in your promo emails, I want that first sentence to grab them. So important. 
All right, raise your hand if you're ready for some action items. First up, remember to map out a mini promo. I know we didn't go too deep into that, but don't overthink this. Simply take into account your audience, the price of your offer, and how engaged your subscribers are to really decide how many emails you want to send. But if you want to make it easy, just send five. Send five in a seven-day period. Next, go ahead and download the free resource that goes hand-in-hand with this episode and start working through it. You can find it in my show notes. And I want you to actually sit down and work through the journal prompts. Spend some time really getting into the head of your ideal audience member. Now, you can go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 387 to get to my show notes. So that will just make it really easy to get those journal prompts. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 387. Now, once you've put pen to paper and you've gotten clear on the words and the pain points and the needs and the desires and what your audience needs to know, believe and understand, sitting down to write your emails will become so much easier. Do those journal prompts. I'm telling you, you're going to thank me for it. And I know that getting clear on this takes some legwork, but I stand by the belief that once you have this clarity, it will serve you a million times over across your entire business. Because like I said, you can use what you've learned about your ideal customers, not only in your sales emails, but also in your weekly content, your social media posts, your live videos, and beyond. Woo, this was a doozy and I actually loved it. I hope you did too. I love talking about email marketing and copywriting and just ways for you to connect with your audience at a deeper level. So my friend, put together your mini sales campaign and let's fill those spots that you have available. All right, thanks for joining me here. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.